You're listening to TTR. Table Talk Radio. Why? I don't know. Talk about Christian rap and all that. So stay tuned. You should do it too. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys would put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Proving that bad habits die hard. This is Table Talk Radio. Yeah. I have figured out why you do this show. The show with the most first-time listeners. Why I do the show? Yeah, yeah. So, the... Every week, you can send me a text message that says, I'm hot. Because under no other context are you allowed or even need to text message that. So I'm glad I can fill your... This, That's this a little vacuum, radio lingo. This vacuum it's the only life. radio lingo I know, by the way. I looked up <laughs> the website, radiolingo.com. This actually didn't happen. But say, let's pretend I did look it up and I saw the first thing says, I'm hot. That means you got a mic, it's on. That's, I stopped there. That's all the lingo I need to know. I'm hot. Hello, I, all you out there in Radio Land. I mean, I'm Welcome wondering. Table Talk Radio. I'm wondering how Evan much longer hot. Table Talk Radio can last because you have found another outlet to do radio, and this other outlet you also do no work behind the scenes. So now Indeed. that now, <laughs> now that you're a world famous radio host, what do you need Table Talk Radio for? I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> so, but you can't text us anyone that says I'm hot. So. That's that's. I'm good. hot. I say to the KFUO guys, I'm hot. Did you do any show prep? You got guests and stuff. Dang. I'm Where's hot. Evan when I need him? Doesn't matter. I. So that's what I say. Hey, you want to do this new thing? And I say, this is the how it goes. Hey, you want to do this new thing? And I think, and I ask myself, will it take any work? No. <laughs> sure, I'll do it. Oh man! All right. Well, is there effort involved? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. That's kind of the this, this standard operating procedure of your life, isn't it? I know. Will it, will, like, will it ruin my reputation? Probably. Y- All right. Yeah, I, I would like to see <laughs> I would like to see the flow chart. Uh, will, it, will it require work of me? No. Okay, next question. Will it ruin my reputation? Yes. yes. Done. I will do it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm collecting these things. <laughs> All right. Well, we have another mediocre the, 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 show. The answer to that question is what reputation? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you have to have a reputation Good. in the first what? place. That, that's true. That the eighth commandment doesn't apply to the neighbors immediately around Pastor Wolfmuller. That's that's like that's that whole <laughs> socialist thing, right? It's a, the communists like, hey, we can keep the seventh commandment: you shall not steal. We'll just won't have anything. In, nobody will have any stuff. <laughs> right. That's just like remember we were in. Um, 
Uh, no, you weren't there. We were in Botswana, and we locked the car door, and the missionary said, what, what do you think? You're in South Africa? <laughs> if anybody, nobody here has anything to steal, so if you're a thief, you have to go to South Africa. That's how, that's how socialism keeps the Seventh Commandment. It just steals everything. And that's also how you can, you know, you can destroy marriage. You never break the Sixth Commandment if there's no such thing as marriage. And there's no, and, and there's no uh, breaking the Eighth Commandment if nobody has a reputation. That's what we're doing here on Table Talk Radio. That's the political Helping strategy, you keep the, the Eighth Commandment. <laughs> you can't insult me. <laughs> you know, there is, I think, an element of truth to that. You, that, uh, you know the guys that yeah, just take themselves just way, way too seriously? And so anything that comes up against them is like, Eighth Commandment was broken. Uh, you know, if... If you can take, and this has kind of been our mantra from the beginning, if you can take the Lord's word seriously, but yourself not so seriously, I think you're going to have a better day. <laughs> I just I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. If someone insults me and I just assume that they're right, that should be, that's the strategy. <laughs> All right. Well, we someone, gotta... Some guy called me a moron on the YouTube comments the other day. That's hard to believe. You're a moron. You know, <laughs> what, what's... Is kind of, I, I, I probably deserved it because so it's, it's on this this post about the difference between the Lutherans and the Catholics on the Lord's Supper, and uh, and this guy says, "Hey, um, how come you call him? Uh, he he was he's some Catholic guy. All these Catholic guys are there giving me grief, and he said something about being Catholic. I said, "You're right, you're right. I shouldn't call the Catholic Church the Catholic Church. I should call them the Roman Church because whatever it is, the Council of Trent is not Catholic." And the guy <laughs> said. I think I said, you're a moron. That was his response. Oh, well, true. I'm a moron, but I might also, you know, every once in a while, a moron might be right about something. So, there's a difference. There's a, there's a skew. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of those chart, you know, one of those Zen di- What are those things called? Venn diagrams. Oh, right. Moron and wrong are not the same circle. Right. But sometimes... Overlap. They intersect. Yeah. They inter- yeah, they yeah. overlap. All right. Well, we have a mediocre show in store for you today. You would expect nothing other than tuning in to Table Talk Radio. And uh, it starts off with buzzwords. So what's your mediocre buzzword? My buzzword for you is infallible. Hmm. Now, this is we, we use this to speak of God and of the Scriptures. What's one of the attributes of the Scriptures uh uh, we say the Bible is what inspired, inerrant, infallible, clear, uh, sufficient, and efficacious. Those are the six biblical attributes. And and people often mess up the in- inerrant and infallible. To be inerrant means to have no error. To be infallible means it cannot err. Err. It cannot err. And infallibility has to do with the person. So that the what is said is referred to as inerrancy. But but who speaks it has to do with the infallibility. So I can give you, I can say something inerrant, like, hey, the Rockies beat the Cubs last night. Oh. That's true. Do you know that, by the way? No, I TiVo'd it. But what a game. It went thanks. to 13 innings. It was yeah, I, I, won't, I won't bother watching it now. Thanks, though. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert. So uh, it was, what a great, oh, what a game. That's inerrant, but it's not infallible because I could be totally wrong. You know. I'm a moron and all, so I could be wrong, but the uh, but the um, uh, but the Bible can't be wrong because the one who speaks it is true, infallible. That's the word. Nice, infallible. Not infallible. Will you take variations like infallibility? Yeah, oh, of course. Okay, I just want to make sure. 
Uh, all right, Sorry. so my getting getting some uh, art supplies out of my cabinet there. That's why I was away from my microphone. Wasn't my expecting a question so quickly. Theological buzzword for you is brought to you by Saint Paul, uh, and it is the word anathema, which comes up in Galatians chapter one. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be anathema, or English translations oftentimes translate it. A curse. Now, uh, literally, anathema is to be uh, to be cut off. So um, the the Catholic Church uses this as as a way to excommunicate someone or to de- or to somehow like denounce a doctrine. As the Council of Trent um, uh, had a surplus, as you like to say, of anathemas to hand out. Um, they were uh, condemning particular beliefs or doctrines in in uh, following the Reformation. But in its uh, true sense, it means simply to be cut off. So Paul says the standard by which we would measure is the gospel that was preached by the apostles. So um, it's not a, a church as as a um, how do I say this? It's 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 not the church as a uh, governing body that anathematizes. But it is the standard of the scriptures themselves. So that Paul doesn't doesn't say um, that I am the authority, but the gospel I preached is the authority. Now that's an interesting distinction. So that Paul is opening himself up um, to say that if I come along and preach something different to you, that that's contrary to the gospel that you'd received prior, then I am to be anathematized. <laughs> right. Oh, that's man. right. It ain't. It doesn't matter the who. It matters the what. There's a, so there's an apostle. So and and this is one of the great errors of the Catholic Church. It's always looking at the person and not the content. And they say, look, uh, look, if you're not obedient to the Pope, you're not part of the Catholic Church. Well, what? Okay, look at what does the guy say? So Paul says, it's not me. It's not, it's not the person of Paul that you follow. It's the doctrine that I deliver to you because that was what was delivered to, to me by Jesus. Right. So uh, I mean. Hypothetically, then, if you're a Roman Catholic and you believe um, that the spoke that when the Pope speaks ex cathedra, he's speaking infallibly, then you must also then have to say anything he says would be um, f- from the Word of God. So, um, you know, if, this, if the Pope is speaking in uh, ex cathedra and speaks some kind of a doctrine that's completely new and foreign, uh, according to the Catholic Church, because of the source. You have to accept it as truth. Um, but we say, look, the scriptures are the only infallible authority. So we, we look to the scriptures and let everything else file under that. I heard you use my buzzword in your definition of your buzzword. That That's amazing. amazing. So is 500 that points. 500 points? Yes. Thank you. All right. So with uh, just, let's see how much time we have left here. Oh, 30 seconds. So when we get back from this break, we're going to be looking at uh, some Christian rap. <laughs> For some reason, Pastor Wilfinger is enamored with Christian rap at the moment. I do. I like these guys. For what it is strange to me, it's, it's a somewhat of an unexpected thing that I like these Christian rappers. I was trying to figure out why I like them gonna, so much. But anyway, are you going to give us a little uh, little sample of your Christian rap when when we come back? Maybe. Yeah, that sounds okay. good. That's what everyone wants to hear, I'm sure. All right. Well, but first, we I, have I, to... I slip into an Australian accent when I do my question. <laughs> That'll be good. Uh, well, but first, we have to take a look at uh, the Catholics and the Lutherans on the Lord's Supper and 
We have a quick game. Who said it? All that's coming up on Table Talk Radio. You can send us wow. an email. Questions at Table Talk Radio. That's a lot of stuff. Dot org. And we'll be right back. Not bad for doing no show prep. Thought of all these things. Table Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Table Talk Radio, or questions at tabletalkradio.org is the email address where people send in emails like this one. If I can find it, where did the email go? Uh, yeah, what's your deal? Um, anyway, what's, what's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> Not much. I got to, uh, are you going to talk about the who said it? Is that the found email it. you're yeah, looking yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, It's called Quick Game. So uh, this, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So this Here is where uh, people email in quick games like this one. It says, guess who said it? Here's the quote. We need to take a joint stance, hand in hand, to bring happiness to humanity. Divine, yod, reli- yod. Divine religions were revealed to make people happy, not to cause them hardship. All right. Can you guess who said so that? So I guessed already. It's, it's kind of cheating because you were, as show prep, you told me about this. But So my guess was, before I actually knew, my first guess was Deepak Chopra. But that, but then I changed my guess to Beth Moore. <laughs> Both were very wrong, though. But you want to? You I should have known. I, I it, this was an ecumenical sort of thing, hand in hand. You know, it's well, got to be. Do you want to tell us what was going through your mind in those guesses? I mean, why you picked Deepak and then why you picked Beth Moore? Well. Well, because it, it both because it's nonsense. So I thought, who <laughs> speaks most nonsense? And then I and I thought, so Deepak Chopra speaks the most nonsense of all the nonsense. But then I thought, you know, probably it the, the because it was sent to us, it was supposed to be ironic. So I'll bet you, it was someone that you wouldn't quite expect. So then that's why I switched it to Beth Moore. Can you believe this is coming out of the mouth of an evangelical? That's the so it was mostly on the trying to read into the context. But then. But then you found the website, and it turns out that this is from the imam, huh? Yeah, let me read a little bit of the article. This is uh, uh, from Yahoo News. It says, Pope Francis embraced the grand imam. Yahoo is still a thing? I know. Of Do you judge people when they tell you that their email is Yahoo? Like, hey, my name is Evan Gagline74952 at yahoo.com. And you're like, oh. I only fairly recently got rid of my Yahoo Ugh. Pretty girls and my my email is pretty girl in my dreams seven four nine seven at Yahoo. Remember when we were used to when we were afraid to make our emails our actual names because we I back in the good old days. I don't know you you you're, you have a few years on me so maybe that was a thing. I don't remember that. I, by the time Sorry. I came into it, I was firmly emboldened with the with the courage to use my name in my email. Okay. Anyway. Uh, the thing I did was use my last name, which no one can either say nor spell in my email, so that was probably a bad move. Googly-eyed. <laughs> Googly-eyed 749278 at Yahoo. No, I used my birth date. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, Pope Francis embraced the Grand Imam of Cairo's El Hazar Mosque at the Vatican on Monday Ugh, in a historic Pope encounter. <laughs> Both sides uh, will lead to greater understanding and dialogue between the two faiths, the article says. Uh, the first Vatican meeting between the leader of the world's Catholics and the highest authority in the Sunni Islam marks the culmination of a significant improvement in relations between the two faiths since Francis took office in 2013. Uh, our meeting... I, still, I saw it yesterday, Hans's new video on uh, <laughs> the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses when Francis makes a cameo. Pope not to spot a president of the 75th. I think that's the funniest thing that Hans has ever done on Lutheran satire. That is hilarious. Oh my goodness! With a millst, he's got the millstone around his neck. I mean, it's. Oh, Why do we ever have funny. that guy on our show? He's boring on radio. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, article continues. Our get this. This is interesting. Our meeting is the message. Francis said in a brief comment at the start of his meeting with uh, Shakira Ahmed Al. Tal Ed, shortly after he had hugged, your Arabic and, is terrible. <laughs> shortly after he had hugged and kissed his guest, Vatican officials told a small pool of reporters covering the event. Uh, a statement quoted Taib. <laughs> it's different every time. As Francis, uh, sorry, quoted Taib as telling Francis, "We need to take a joint stance, hand in hand, to bring happiness to humanity. Divine religions were revealed to make people happy." not to cause them hardship. That's interesting because I think of the so-called divine religions, I think the one that's probably caused the most hardship would probably be Islam. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going out on a limb there. And I would think, you know, being hit by a a uh, suicide bomber causes a lot of hardship. Mhm. Or the mm-hmm. burden of having to I would be imagine. The burden of having to be a suicide bomber might be a hardship too. I mean, right, yeah. both sides of it. It's just <laughs> till you, till you, till it is accomplished, and then you know, right. then you're in in paradise with. I suppose. <sighs> this is the um, I you know, right. You say, hey, now how come this this is a bit ironic that we got the imam talking about how the purpose of religion is happiness and world peace and everything, and then like, wait a minute, that's not the mouth I expected those words to come out of. But well, that's because you know there's these two side there's the uh there's two voices of Islam. You have the Can you hear that clicking? Hear that really. click? Okay. Uh there's two voices of Islam. There's the very peaceful uh hey everyone we should all get along and then there's the very warlike never mind all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and um and it kind of depends on where you are and what's going on. You just get there's just two very distinct preachings about how the infidel should be treated uh, from Islam. Well, you were saying earlier about how the Pope is infallible. I think you said that. Um, uh, you, you, he was right about this. Uh, he says our meeting is the message, and that is exactly right. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is the thing that. Um, Everybody thinks that the Missouri Synod folk are, uh, what do they think we are? Um, uh, well, archaic. We're stuck in the uh, late 1800s, and so where you don't have, you know, like a mixed marriage where 
like it's like the 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 Woody on Cheers thing. You don't have a Missouri Synod uh, groom marry a ELCA bride. That's that's what people think of the Missouri Synod. Um, and and so when 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 someone says, "Hey, pastor, you want to come to this interfaith ceremony down at City Hall?" and your pastor says, "No," <laughs> he can now quote the Pope, who says, "Our meeting is the message." <laughs> So what, what, what that is a great point. <laughs> what we're doing when we do these things is we're saying that we are all one, but we're not all one. We're communicating a message that is not actually true, that there are doctrinal differences between us. And we don't want to uh, let our meeting be the message that we're all one when we would be denying then dis, uh, distinctions in our doctrine, in our, in our faith. Mm. That's right. That is a fine point you make, Pastor Gagline. Well, thank you. Tell me about the fine points that come on comments of YouTube videos. Well, you now. So this is what. So this is what got us reading this email because I was telling you that um, that I made this video about what's the difference between the Lutherans and the Roman Catholics on the Lord's Supper, and I quoted the I quoted Trent and I quoted um, I think I quoted Vatican II and I quoted the the Catechism of the Catholic Church and I talked about what is the supper. We talked about transubstantiation versus the Lutheran view. Uh, we talked about um, who, who does it, what is it, what's the benefit of it, etc. Um, and and uh, all these Catholics got on there, and it's really amazing, actually, um, to see how they how, how they respond to the thing. And, and, and while it's, I mean, there's a ton of them. I think there's, I, I, I mean, just a, a kind of a nice debate that's... Um, uh, that's going on there, but what's really interesting is it's just the, the idea is basically, hey, uh, you are you should be Catholic, um, and uh, uh, and that's it's kind of all that's all that the Catholic Church uh, can say. Uh, here, here's someone says, I've been in the, in the Lutheran Church suppers many times, and definitely the bread and the wine you share are not the body and the blood of the Lord. I I converted from protestantism to catholicism 20 years ago i know your prejudices beyond any speculative speculation philosophy or theology the real presence is a plain and simple fact for any practicing catholic or orthodox christian he jesus reveals himself in the eucharist today the same way he did to the disciples at emmaus you won't ever convince any practicing catholic or orthodox for a simple reason we are not hungry anymore we are being fed with the body and blood of jesus we rest our heads on his chest the Eucharist is the very core of our faith. You are reading the menu of our meal. You are reading about the Word. We are eating the Word made resur- that Word made resurrected flesh. Join us. Okay, okay. So if I'm understanding the argument correctly, uh, we don't have the—I mean, we as Lutherans don't have the uh, Lord's Supper, but they do, I guess by virtue of just being Catholics. I mean, nothing—no criteria was— presented there as to why they would have it we wouldn't other than the fact that they're catholics and we're not so i suppose um the 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 two on the road to emmaus were roman catholics then is that is that about right uh yeah yeah that's it i mean this you you should be here I, i'm looking for some there's i mean there's a, sorry that i'm looking through there's all these people fighting about all this sort of stuff but um and and the big fight is about how someone says that the music is too loud which is probably true Um, We Catholics have the true presence of Jesus Christ, true God and true man, present in the Holy Eucharist. I mean, this is just the kind of thing. uh, 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 
and it, and then it says, hey, uh, you should not have, are you going to be part of the church that's broken off, or are you going to be part of the church that keeps what we've had for so many years? I'll give you, I'll give you a little more taste of that on the other side. Sounds good. All right, when we get back, then we'll finish up this discussion, and then we're going to do some Christian rap, and Pastor Wolfner is going to, you know, he tried comedy, it didn't work out. Maybe Christian rap is his new thing. Maybe that's where he'll find his uh, his, his door to celebrity. We'll be right back. Table Talk Radio. Best show ever. Table Talk Radio. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time. And to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube. Search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. All right, we're back. Before the break, you were talking about some video you did, the difference between uh, Lutherans and Catholics, and you were talking about uh, the Lord's Supper and got a whole flood of uh, comment responses. You know, I wanted to say just a word about this idea of real presence, because the the Lutheran confessions actually uh, concede, correct me if I'm wrong, concede that uh, the the Roman Catholics at least have real presence uh, opposed right. to say the reformed who say that there's not the real actual presence in the bread and wine, but that it's a spiritual presence. And so our, yep. our, our confessions say that the reformed deny true presence just by their very own theology. But the, yep. the, the main problem. So I guess my point here is, is that there's, there's an objectivity to say, look, what makes or what uh, makes isn't the right word. Uh, uh, what what is given to us to assure us of the sacramental union that Christ's body and blood is united with bread and wine, and it is nothing other than the Word of God. So where uh, the uh, Catholics use the very Word of God and believe that Word of God pertaining to real presence, uh, then Christ is surely present. So it has nothing to do with with uh, the the name on the church sign, but has um, everything to do with the Word of God. Which is not a position right. that the Roman Catholic there took. It was simply, if you're in with us, you have it. If you're not in with us, you don't. Um, but the Lutheran confessions uh, don't take issue really with the matter of real presence with Roman Catholic uh, Mass. Uh, the real issue, though, though it certainly could quibble with uh, transubstantiation. The real issue is the sacrifice of the Mass. So what's going on right. in the Lord's Supper? So in the Roman Catholic idea that. The, the Mass is a unbloody sacrifice that the priest is offering unto the Lord for the sins of the people is a denial of the once-for-all sacrifice that Christ, that Christ did when dying on the cross for your sins and mine for uh, all eternity. That is what happens. So what we are receiving is Christ's body and blood, one sacrifice for us, and what the Catholic says they're receiving is uh, is Christ's body and blood as a 
as a re-sacrificing for the atonement of new sins. That That is a denial of what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, indeed it is. That I mean, it's... it's and and this is just so clear in the Catholic. And so in this video, we quote Trent, and I quote Trent. What's interesting is um, most of the Trent quotes I pulled from the Catechism to the Catholic Church. That thing published in 1996. Oh, in other words, this is not. It's not that it's. Um, now some Trent I just pulled. I, I just pulled out a straight out of Trent, but I tried to. I tried to. Um, get the Trent that the Catechism points to so that people wouldn't say, well, that's, you know, kind of old Trent. That's not anymore what we think. It's, it's, like the, because, it's like the uncle that you're embarrassed about. You know, It's like, oh, right. that's, just, that's just Uncle Bob. He's going off and doing yeah, this yeah. thing. Uh, that's, that's just Trent. <laughs> that's right. Uncle Trent back there. <laughs> yeah. Here, this is an interesting. What, part of the thing, it says, um, the, tr- the pastor here is tricking you. What does he say here? The pastor is tricking you. Um, by using the Council of Trent as to teach that the Council of Trent is incorrect. If the Council of Trent is and was a reaction to the so-called Reformation, what Catholics believed before the Reformation was the Council of Trent is what we believed from the beginning when our Lord Jesus gave the apostles and his teaching, etc., etc. Uh, so that now what's so the guy says, hey, will you quote Trent? That's like a trick. You just can't go quote Trent. You can't. You can't go go quoting our body of doctrine and use it against us that's a trick it i think it is tricky i mean i i'll concede that the catholic so the catholic church has to wrestle with this and more and more as the the old the longer it goes because they do believe in the growth of doctrine but not in the change of doctrine so how can doctrine grow but not change you have to add stuff to it so you have to you're incorporating all the old stuff. You can't say that you were wrong at trent for example you could never say that the church was wrong but you can kind of Reguide it. That's how they. So they're kind of massaging. See how massaging these things as they go along, um, kind of manipulating them to get to get them to sound a lot nicer. Yeah, I but th- I, I think this. Oh yeah, go ahead. I just say I think when when someone quotes your confessional documents, you have one of three possible reactions. You could either say that what was being quoted was being misunderstood or, or taken out of context or something like that. Uh, you could argue why what was quoted is actually true, or you could somehow try to figure out a way to say that the, what was quoted doesn't actually represent your belief. So now, now you're trying to explain away your own confessions. I mean, just imagine if someone was doing that with the with the Lutheran confessions. Uh, I don't think that we would say. I mean, we we subscribe unconditionally to our Lutheran confessions. So if someone quotes it, we either have to make sure they're getting it right, or assert that. Um, that it's true, but to deny that what was quoted is actually representative of our theology is not an option. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you want to do, here's another one. If you want to do what Jesus wills, then come over to the Catholic Church. Jesus gave us a church, not a Bible. The church was graced with the Holy Spirit, promised until the end of time, that led to canonization of the Bible. The Pope sits on the on the chair of Moses that has been erect for 3,500 years, thanks be to God. Jesus says, listen to what they say, uh, don't do what they do. If you break away from the seat of Peter, a.k.a. the steward keyholder foreshadowed in the Old Testament, Christ gave us one church, and that church is the foundation and pillar of truth. We do the will of Jesus and remain in the church. Tares among wheat and things must pass, but we remain one and keep our faith in the word of God. That's the, th- this is the kind of general kind of Catholic response to the whole thing. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just again. So it comes down to uh, asserting one's own authority so that uh, I can be right. You know, uh, you know, but but we don't have that in any other realm, right? Um, we 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 uh, even in our in our governing system, we say that authorities are given authority, but those those authorities can be wrong or they can misuse their authority. So um, we have a judge, and that judge is given the authority to make a judgment on a particular case. But we uh, understand that a a judge can be wrong, and it can be appealed, and all of that. A father is an authority, but we know from experience that fathers can abuse their authority. And so uh, we, as Lutherans, don't deny that the church has authority. Uh, we acknowledge the authority of the church, acknowledge the authority of the pastoral office, but we understand it to be a fallible authority subject to the Word of God. And so we let the Word of God always be a reproof. Uh, but that you can't, just by definition, have that. In fact, in the in the Catholic Church, you have authority over the Word of God. And so it's not that the Scriptures speak plainly and bestow an authority. It's that the Church has an authority which gives the Scriptures, which has selected the Scriptures, which gives its interpretation of the Scriptures. So instead of having Scripture over authority, you have authority over the Scriptures. Right, that's right. Uh, Jesus, here's another. Jesus gave us, a church, gave us a church, the Catholic Church, which then gave us the Bible. <laughs> that's the, that's right. the whole line of argument. It's really quite stunning. And it goes right back to what to the verse that you quoted at the very beginning with the buzzword if anyone says if anyone teaches a different doctrine let them be anathema uh, it doesn't it's not about peter it's about what the doctrine says it's about it's not about paul it's about what it's about the gospel that paul preached and if anyone comes with a different gospel it doesn't matter if it's paul or an angel let them be anathema that's that's what it, this is about and so the question is what is the doctrine of the, does the catholic church teach a different doctrine than what the apostles and the prophets uh, taught and it turns out that they in fact do that uh, they they have a different understanding of sin. They have a different understanding of grace. They have a different understanding of atonement. They have a different understanding of the death of Jesus. They have a different understanding of of the church. They have a different understanding of the word of God. They have a different understanding of of the forgiveness of sins. It's just it's different than the scriptures. The, the best place for this is is uh, to to track this down. Uh, I, I suppose aside from the Book of Concord is uh, Chemnitz examination of the Council of Trent, which still stands. I mean, still stands today. Stunningly, well, you use the buzzword so naturally, and I probably wouldn't have caught it if you hadn't said this was your buzzword from the beginning. So I'm going to give you 499 Table Talk Radio points for oh, using it so naturally. I almost didn't catch it, but I did, so I have to take one point off. I didn't even know that I used it. So. <laughs> well, okay, so let's finish out the segment talking about this. So let's apply this then to pastoral care. Um, what difference does it make in the soul of a person? Uh, coming to church on a regular basis or even maybe uh, on the deathbed as to whether they've understood the Lord's Supper in a Catholic fashion versus uh, the scriptural fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, it, so, it, uh, I mean, the, the main thing is the Catholic idea that the Supper is a propitiatory sacrifice, that it is a sacrifice, that the church is representing the death of Jesus to the Father, and by by doing so, winning the forgiveness of sins. 
um, we're accomplishing the forgiveness of sins. We want to say so clearly that this is not the, absolutely not the case, but rather that in the in the supper, what Jesus is doing is delivering to us the forgiveness of sins that He won for us on the cross. So it's a difference between winning the forgiveness of sins and delivering the forgiveness of sins, and that is a huge that's a that's a huge difference. I mean, number one, if it's winning forgiveness of sins, that that brings us into um, into the work of atonement. It it makes us co-sacrificers and that's the sort of the goofy language of vatican ii that you start to you start to be a um you know the whole church is a part of the priesthood that's participating in this in this unbloody sacrifice so now it's my own works that are that are helping contribute to my salvation which is the catholic doctrine from the beginning oh uh, but that's just uncle yeah, vatican ii <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the, all the crazy uncles in the in the family. We got. Uh, I know there's a lot of them. There. Uncle Trent, <laughs> Uncle Vatican, and then his brother, Uncle Vatican too. Oh man! <laughs> all right, well let's let's stop right there. Take a breather, and we get back. Finally, we get to hear Pastor Wolfmuller uh, in his debut of cr- being a Christian rapper, as he's promised throughout the show. That's coming up on the final. I'm not segment. actually going to do that. I didn't. I'm not sure. I. I promised anything. Your very own theological court gestures. This is Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. We're back, the moment you've all been waiting for. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop some music, and you just rap. imagine how much better. Imagine how much better this show would be if we bumped in with Christian rap instead of with whatever that's. All right, so is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop some music, and you just kind of rap no, this over is it. Not, Ready? No, here, here we go. No, I, no. Come on. Oh, that's nice. Oh, eh, eh. go. No, I. I oh man. I, I just can't, like, a, I'm a battle rapper? <laughs> no, I can't. I, all right. I can't, well, we've all been disappointed. I can't do it. I, no, look, that's that's maybe one of the reasons why I like these guys. I'm like, how do they how do they say those words so fast that rhyme? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's impressive is the ability to come up with rhymes so quickly. It takes me, like, a day to come up with two lines. What rhymes with orange? <sighs> but uh, yeah, those guys I, can come. Aside. I got, I saw this uh, this meme. You probably didn't see it because you're on not on the social medias. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a it was a it was a it was a painting. It had an orange, and it said, uh, uh, "Always alone at the rhyme dance." And the orange was standing in the corner with no one to dance with. You know, and it had all these things that were dancing together. And someone got really offended because they thought it was a because the orange was round that it was. No one would dance with the orange because they were overweight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into this. An email was sent in to us, which says, "Dearest Pastor Pastoral Keepers of Meteorocity, I was scanning through my car radio today and happened across the local super hardcore Christian alternative music station. I wonder if that's an official genre with the FCC. Heard a snippet." 
of Battle Unbelief by Believe in Steven, a hip hoppity Christian song. Don't know if it qualifies as I a like praise song. Believe in Steven. That's great. But figured you were gangsta enough to crunch it. Thank you, Molly in Alabama. All right, so let's listen to Believe in Steven. Ball. You hear the church bell? Nice and That's a bit. Probably be more helpful for us to read through the lyrics than to play too much of the song. Uh, I can't find the... Uh, you got them there? Okay, I can't yeah. find the... All right, so call this battle rap because I battle unbelief. War is inside my mind, and I'm asking God for peace. I have some victories, but feel whack in my defeats. Yeah, whack in my defeats, not strong. I'm actually weak. Uh, so I flee temptation, or I will feed the craving. I'm really needing patience because not easy waiting. I know I'm seeming anxious. I'm grieved and kind of hate this. Will I be enslaved in or will I seek his greatness? Uh, so what do you think of that? I'll, I'll post the URL in the Trello for you. I found, I, I just found it. Okay. Um, I need patience. I, I don't know. So what's the basic idea here? I just am pulling it up. And I think, so here it. you have a, uh -huh. a Christian who, uh, who confesses and yet is still battling unbelief according uh, to the song um so so it's a it's a christian who sees the the shortcomings the failures of his flesh in term in in uh in terms of belief um so this is the i believe help my unbelief kind of thing yeah yeah the next line i can relate to your struggles temptation and troubles weariness tears they drip making a puddle Although the temptations are plaguing your soul, recall that we don't face them alone. The same as our brothers on the face of the globe, not to mention all the saints from of old. Uh, check Hebrews 11. We see they were tested, but hope in Yahweh that, he's resurrect, that he'd resurrect them. Hmm. Huh. So talk about, So we're sinners. We're struggling with sin, struggling with temptation, trouble, but we, we're not alone in this. And, we, and the same temptation happens to us that happens to, our, um, to all Christians. Hmm. Yeah, faith. Look at this. Faith is having hope even if we've never seen. Trust in God's promises, people he redeemed. Check Hebrews 11 if you don't know what I mean. God's faithful in our trials is the motive and the theme. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so then the last, well, other than, oh, there's more. Wow, this keeps going. Uh, so the next part says, yeah, that reoccurring theme is blatant. Um, repeated in scripture, recapitulation. <laughs> Just wow. like Adam, we see, we see them in uh, probation because uh, Yahweh's calling is a season of temptation. Now that's interesting. Yahweh's calling is a season of temptation. Hmm. How is it that they speak of Yahweh so much here? Look at this. Battle under relief, because all sins are fable. Battle unbelief. The promise is fake, y'all. Uh, battle unbelief, because Yahweh is faithful. 
Battle on belief since God doesn't change. Bowl. What's bowl mean there? Mm. B-O-L. Sure, Abel had to battle unbelief. His dad was sinful Adam. He's the son of Eve. But to Yahweh, he'd bring his offering by faith that God would cover huh, all his sin. Enoch is next to list. He's redeemed by the promise of Genesis 3.15. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. But well, we Escape, got... So this is like a undoing of Hebrews. I mean, it's a, 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 a it's like an exposition of Hebrews 11 via rap. Hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Maybe this is why you like it. It's amazing how much theology they pack into a rap song, um, which is, you know, and this is maybe an interesting point that whereas the, the praise song uh, or even the, the kind of pop Christian song really, uh, I think we've established on this show, if nothing else, at least for the praise song, that, that the point isn't really to convey a message, but is to invoke a particular emotional response. And so the message is, the, the, the words of the praise song are oftentimes uh, secondary, at least to the, those that are mystical in, in form. And so what the praise song does is, I don't know if anyone's emotionally moved by a, pray, by a rap song. I, I meant to say rap song. Uh, what the rap, Christian rap song does is uh, actually pack a lot of words into it. And so they're, I think, putting theology into the words rather than uh, depending upon the form to do any work. Look at this verse three, taking it back to Christ. And this is not, this is not repetitive at all. Although there's a hook and a bridge, but it says, uh, all these saints walked our path as well, had the struggles that we had ourselves, but the faith that this passage tells is pointing to Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12, first and second verse, second person of the Trinity says he stepped on earth, endured temptation, then paid for sin, then trusted God to raise him as the David king. Hmm. Yeah, he can sympathize with our weakness since he was tried but defeated sin. He was tempted so he can identify. He was obedient even when sent to die. In Gethsemane, he was tempted immeasurably, unlike Adam didn't sin. Check his pedigree. He left a legacy. He's actually a beast. (laughs) Let's go to his throne as we battle unbelief. So, That's something. So I think what we can do then is assert to um, all the churches that want to do praise songs to do Christian rap instead. So we'll just put yeah, these lyrics right. up on rap. the screen and everyone can sing along. <laughs> it is not easy to to sing along. I'll you tell don't you think that. Here, I'll, t- I'll, I'll throw it up and you just sing along. You can hardly read them. Check Hebrews 11 if you don't know what I mean. I the I don't know why you can sing along to that. Um, I need a couple of practices. This, this video, though, if you don't know what I mean, that was sent to us, us the motive and the theme. has the has the words. What do you call that when you have the words kind of splashing up with the with the music? Or uh, you did Karaoke. some of that. Uh, you did that. You did that with some of the issues uh, episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, that word. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, the kinetic typography. Yeah, yeah. So um, that is actually really good with this with this song so it has all the words splashing up there it's probably it only has about four thousand views unfortunately but it's uh well done i think huh huh this is really in so now i I, now again this is this exploring this kind of sub genre of contemporary christian music which is the christian rap and it just seems there's some there's something there it is as you mentioned, it's not emotive it's not to try to get you swept away it's very often not talking about how Jesus is my boyfriend. That's the that is not the idea. There seems to be like some 
I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if this is the right word for it. it's the only word I know. There's some sort of masculinity to the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any women Christian rappers. Do you know? You, do you think that would be an interesting thing to see? It's like, well, you know, at the evangelical world, you can, you there, it might be okay for them to be women pastors, but a women rapper—that's too far. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we. Ha- I don't know if we would have a provision about that theologically that but but it's I just think that there's you know it seems like these it's it's there's the struggle there's the wrestling it's not there's something not afraid to be doctrinal there there's a there's a little bit of a playfulness that shows up in in a lot of the songs um and and they are like they're like being distinct from um from the secular rappers because that's just basically all filth so they they almost have to be on like on purpose like we're not going to sit here and talk about we're not going to sit here and talk about nothing talk about money and 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 i and in chastity and all this sort of thing i don't know but i think this song passes the cruncher all right that's thanks for listening to table talk radio I don't think we're going to use it at Hope on Sunday. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this I mean, edition of Table Talk Radio. You never know. Table Talk Radio You never is know. not for everyone. Please consult your pastor hey, before listening to Table Talk Radio. Are you going to do the cold open in a rap form? Nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences. I'll work on it right now. I'm going to scratch down some lyrics. Sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden crying to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.